Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Presented by DraftKings alongside three-time Super Bowl winning executive and strategist Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. And a spot in the Super Bowl is on the line today. Happy Championship Sunday, everybody. I am caffeinated. I'm excited. I am riddled with anxiety, Michael. But we got two good games ahead today. And you're teased up. I'm sure you oh, are. You've got a, you got many of them to give us over the next two hours. We're excited to hear where Stormy's teasers are going to take us. So, yeah, I'm excited. What a great day. Thank what you. What a great day. It's a, There's a little bit of a sadness to this day, too, because we only have one more game after today to watch, and then we go into the long off season. But enjoy it while we can. And we have all of next week there. So it's two full weeks, basically, where we're going to be previewing the Super Bowl. So needless to say, we're going to have every angle covered imaginable on that game. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves because we do still have an awesome day of football that we get to get into today. We're going to preview both the AFC and NFC championship game. We're currently we're seeing primarily fours and four and a halfs out there for Baltimore laying it. But there is a five at BetMGM right now as well, Michael. So not often that we hear sports books are going to need Kansas City and they're going to need Kansas City as an underdog. Very unfamiliar territory here. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of factors that go into this, right? The Kansas City offense, which has been improved over the last three weeks, they've averaged 26 points now. That takes in, That's after Christmas Day when they had the disaster against the Raiders. you know, And it doesn't take into account the last game of the year against the Chargers. They've been much... Uh, they've been more effective, let's say. Uh, running the football, they've averaged in those three games, they've ran the ball 80 times, they've thrown it 30. There's been more balance. Mahomes has been more uh, willing to take the profits, not trying to force the ball, has not turned it over in three weeks. But I think the reason this number's moving is because no one's convinced those three teams defensively were any good. We know Cincy's not very good. We, we know Miami played with a lot of backups in their starting lineup. 
And then we also know that Buffalo had backups in their starting lineup and couldn't get control of the game. So this Baltimore defense, which has been very good all year long, creating pressure on the passer, stopping the run, is going to be a really difficult challenge for a chief offense. When you watch them on tape, they are not explosive. They're not fast. Yes, Rasheed Rice has played better, but Kelsey's still not the same guy he was two years ago. And I think the matchup does favor Baltimore, and I think this is why this line's moving strongly towards Baltimore. And going in that same vein of what you're talking about, the defenses lately that the Chiefs have faced, also that offensive line, I know, which was one area where going into last week you were a little bit concerned about. They ended up standing tall. Now without their all-pro guard in Joe Tooney with the pec injury, he's not going to be available today. What additional impact might that have? Well, I think when you look at it, you know, the way to get Let's go back and what is the kryptonite for any quarterback, but more, but a great quarterback like Mahomes, it's pressure and size, getting into the paint, being able to get in front of them. And when you look at the Ravens and their ability to get inside, especially against the backup guard, Allegretti, who, you know, has given up pressures in the limited amount of time he's had to play, specifically against Baltimore, you know, that could create some problems. Baltimore will rush the edges, but more than anything is they're going to know they have to get in front of Mahomes and force him to hold the football just a tad longer. And these tackles now playing on the road. Last week in Buffalo, because of the way Kansas City approached the game, they only had the ball 22 minutes. They only had 57 plays. The crowd wasn't ever a factor in that game. It really never was. When you're only in five third downs, how can the crowd get into the game? Right. And so this game is going to be heavily with the crowd involved because Baltimore is going to not be able to is going to force them into third down. They're going to have to if they can force them there, they've got to win the game. They're not going to be one play and gone. So this is where the offensive line has to rise above. Are these tackles going to be good enough to handle the edge presence of the Baltimore Ravens, which Clowney has played very well. Van Noy has played very well. These are two guys they picked up off the street in August. And they've played very well. And, and speaking to that environment, it's not like this Ravens team is used to hosting AFC championship games. It's a really, really big deal to that fan base. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a fun environment. And with Kansas City, we talk about this team being an underdog. It's it's not usual for them to be underdogs in consecutive starts for Patrick Mahomes. In fact, the last time that he's been an underdog in back-to-back starts was his rookie year weeks. I want to say what? Yes, his second and third career starts, Michael. And he ended up winning both of those games straight up as an underdog for his career. He's eight and three against the spread. So he's been a good bet as a dog. Typically, this is a Chiefs team that every time we have counted them out, they've found ways to win. So I, I wonder if this is another one of those instances. I That's the thing that scares me because I look at everything on paper and I'm like, yeah. I like the Ravens better on offense. I like the Ravens better on defense. They're going to be at home. They have all these things on their side, but it's still Patrick Mahomes and I really struggle with it. Right. And certainly you do, because he's capable of making any play, right? He's capable of doing the things to win the game. But when you look at this and you look at the matchups, right, you say, okay, you know, if you take away Rishi Rice, right, and you pressure him, Pacheco's going to play today, but he's been the key to what they do, you know? And so, like, where else is the ball going to go? Who else are you worried about? I think with Kyle Hamilton, even Kyle Hamilton's not a great man-to-man player against Kelsey, his length 
strength and his size is certainly an advantage and it'll help. So if you take that away, the other area where you, you know Baltimore gains an advantage is because Kelsey is a receiver and if he's on the field at the same time with Noah Gray or with Blake Bell, you know he's going out in a route. And so that can predict the protections. And when you can predict the protections like Mike McDonald can, then you can attack the quarterback with really no vulnerability within your defensive structure. So I think that that's the chess game that's going to have to go on. And can they run the ball on the road? You know, we saw we saw. Uh, Sean McVay go into Baltimore, what, week 15, 16, somewhere late in the year, and 10 consecutive runs down the field. You know, he was determined to run the football in that game. And he did, and he got balance. But when the game, the longer the game went, they just couldn't hold on. They couldn't make the plays they needed, particularly in the red zone. That's kind of how I see this game as well. Do I think Kansas City will move the ball times? Yes. But over four quarters, I think it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of jokingly mentioned that Patrick Mahomes scares me to an extent it's not the funnest thing betting against him it's probably not the funnest thing playing against him either here's what in incumbent MVP Lamar Jackson had to say about uh, facing the former MVP in Patrick Mahomes I don't like competing against him at all he, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean he's a great quarterback um, definitely a Hall of Famer uh, it's not even a, it's a no-brainer he's definitely a Hall of Famer um, but it, it's just I believe it's just Two, two, two greats, um, up and coming greats, just going toe to toe, you know, like a heavyweight fight, heavyweight matchup. That's that's just what I see. Yeah, and, and I see that too. Yeah, right. This, I, I, I feel like this could be a classic. I hope it is at least. Well, I, I think this is. I think you have to block out the whole idea that this Raven team is is predicated on what they've done in the past or not. You know, this is a different kind of team. They can throw the football effectively. They've got better skill players than Kansas City. There's never been a game where Baltimore's played Kansas City where they could say, we have better skill players than you have, right? There's never been that game. They do now. Zay Flowers is better than any receiver the Chiefs have. You know, Beckham's better than any receiver the Chiefs have, right? I mean, you could even go Bateman's better, you know, than any receiver. So they've got three receivers. The tight end situation is on par. Andrew's coming back likely has been outstanding. Yeah. So their skill on offense is really good. And now they're willing to throw the football more. And they're willing to challenge the defense in the passing game, which is critical in these games. you got to throw the ball to win. you got to, you know, it's one thing to run the ball. But the running, we know, comes to field goals, passing explosive plays. And that's where I think they gain the advantage. And I would be shocked if Lamar didn't play well. I think he's got a lot of people around him to help him play well. Because you mentioned Mark Andrews coming back, uh, the, the thought process was perhaps last week he could go, ended up not being able to get where he needed to precautionarily, had him sit out, but he's back. Do you think that he's going to be himself? Do you think he's going to be in more of a decoy role? How do you anticipate his usage today? No, I, I think they're going to look at him, and I think on third down, you know, they're going to want to try to take him away. You know, we, we know that the Chiefs, you know, in their secondary with, with Snead is very good. So say Snead's going to have to go travel to Zay Flowers, then that's going to put a lot of pressure on McDuffie. And so who's the inside receiver? Mike Edwards is hurt, right? Mike Edwards was a corner. I don't know if Mike Edwards is going to dress today. So that's an issue. So who's going to cover him inside? And then likely it's going to be interesting how Todd Munson
Munkin uses the two tight end system here? Does he go to 12, force them to have to play run and pass in that formation? Because then he's got four really good receivers on the field. You know, he can flex Andrews out. He can flex Likely out. All of a sudden, the matchups favor him. This is because of Andrews' injuries. We've now been able to see Likely develop as a receiver and an integral part of this Raven offense. That's really helpful. I did see a funny thing online, Michael, that uses Isaiah Likely's jersey uh, as as it pertains to Conference Championship Weekend. Like, how many bets are you going to have on Conference Championship Weekend? And it's a picture of him. It says Likely 80. So good. <laughs> so good. Um, speaking to you, what you mentioned about Mike Edwards, by the way, safety, um, his injury in concussion protocol. I have not seen an update on his status. Not as been of cleared yet. yet. Has not hasn't been, been cleared. cleared. He's not going to get cleared today, you don't think. So, you know, now that puts your backups in there. And look, here's the other factor, and we'll get into this more, but defensively, because of Spagnola's checks and what he wants to do, the crowd noise affects yeah. the defensive checks more than anything. Okay. Yeah, we're going to continue to preview this game at length, as well as when we come back from the break, hit the NFC Championship game, the Lions and San Francisco 49ers going head-to-head after the Lions were a near-touchdown favorite last week. They find themselves as a touchdown dog against San Francisco in Santa Clara. Also, at the end of this hour, we'll get the latest from Jennifer Lee Chan, 49ers beat reporter for NBC Sports Bay Area. And also, hour two, we got Bucky Brooks. We got Rich Gannon, former NFL MVP, which I know you love not only the Raiders connection, but the Philly roots as well. So lots of great conversation coming up here. Keep it locked. We're just getting started on this championship Sunday edition of the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the new vsin.com with a fresh new look, enhanced navigation, a mobile first focus as well. And on today's home screen, you know we are covered in all of the need to know information for Conference Championship Sunday, best bets, props, trends, analytics reports, and more, including, by the way, a full game preview that was written from one Michael Lombardi alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line, breaking down both the AFC and NFC Championship coming up today, beginning at noon then the the later game San Francisco and Detroit going head to head this game opened six and a half Michael and quickly ticked up to seven we are seeing some seven and a halfs out there at this point now and the total it was one that I, th- I thought might see a little bit more over money but has stayed pretty pat in that 51 51 and a half range what are just some of your initial thoughts on what we're going to see tonight well, I think, you, you know, when you break down the Packer game, the Packer offensive line did a really good job of pass protection in that game. And in the first six series of the game, you know, Love, Jordan Love was sensational. Had 120 quarterback rating, 16 for 20. The last four possessions, they kind of got the better of them once they adjusted. The difference in the game was that the 49ers really, why it was such a struggle was the 49ers couldn't really put pressure on on love they you know bosa had five quarterback hits the team had six total that's not the 49ers way of winning football games mm-hmm. their way of winning is their defensive front which has over a hundred million dollars of value in it has to win the game and they're going to have to do that today with jonah jackson out at left guard with frank ragnow at center always on one leg kid plays he's a tough yeah. you know hard-working guy but you know he's got a lot of injuries that he's trying to fight through with his toughness this is going to be the challenge inside. And if they get pressure on Goff inside, like Baltimore did in week seven of the season, you know, they won that game 38 to six. You know, when you see the teams that give them trouble, that give that Detroit trouble or slow down their offense, it's because of the pressure inside. The second half of the Rams game, you know, the Rams game, really, the Rams outgained them 425 yards to 334. They scored three points in the second half and they still were able to win the game. That's kind of remarkable. Same thing with the Buccaneers, right? I mean, the Buccaneers are, are you know, outgains them, outgain them all 408 to 391, made the plays. I think the difference in the game was that they were aggressive and got that 14-point lead, which gave them the cushion they needed because they know their defense is going to struggle. So this is a game about the 49ers defensive front against a very good Lions offensive line that has two injuries in it. And then conversely, it's going to be, can the Lions get some stops? Can they create some third and long, create the negative plays like they did against Tampa and get off the field? The one thing about the Lions, they are the 12th best defense in the National Football League in third down. You wouldn't think that based on the way they play in the secondary. However, they get stops because they're good at, Aaron Glenn has been very good at calling timely blitzes and attacking the protections. This is going to be the challenge today. He's going to have to create some negative plays. Yeah, I like what you said about the 49ers defense. They have struggled to get home and play with the same aggressiveness that they've been known for the last handful of years. And you're going to need to take advantage of that 
offensive line being a little bit dinged up here. And and Frank Ragnow, by the way, you talk about how many injuries he's playing through right now, ankle, toe, knee, and back. And mm-hmm. I thought last game that he was going to come out and be done for the day, if not done for the remainder of the season that the Lions were going to be playing. He only missed a series and came back in. So uh, a tough son of a gun, that's for sure. Yeah. But an area that San Francisco needs to needs to be different. And especially because this is a Detroit team that, you know, we call him Dan Gamble, right? The way that he's not yep. afraid to be aggressive and go for it on fourth down. San Francisco has to match that. That's going to be critical. Right. And look, San Francisco, I mean, if you were to say what's San Francisco's defense like on third down, you would say, well, they got to be one of the best in the league, right? Because they got four really good pass rushers. They should be able to play zone and get off the field. They're 24th in the league in that category. Like they can't, they haven't been able to get off the field on third down, you know, and and they're not a man-to-man team, as you know. I mean, they struggle if they have to get into a true man-to-man situation, which becomes a problem for them, you know, and and they have the tendency to to get pass interference calls when they do get in there. So this is going to be Bosa, Armstead, Hargrave, Young, those guys, Kinlaw, those guys all, Randy Gregory, they're going to have to show up today. And I think Kyle's mindset is going to be, we got to keep scoring. We got to keep scoring. We're going to keep, if we're up 14, we got to get it. We got to keep scoring. Kind of like what Green Bay did against Dallas. We just got to keep putting the pressure on them. And I think that's what, that's what Seattle did earlier in the season when Seattle played them. You know, I think that game went to overtime. You know, Seattle playing in Detroit. They were able to force the issue, were able to get it going. I think that's got to be the key. And we saw what a challenge it was for San Francisco last week to not only play through the weather, which, by the way, looking at the the weather report today, it's supposed to be 74 sunshine, clouds mixed, winds light, so all that. (laughs) Good for Brock Purdy, who who struggled this past weekend. Um, But a big conversation topic coming into this was going to be the health and availability of Debo Samuel. It appears he will be out there. But I'll ask you the same question that I asked you about Mark Andrews, about Debo Samuel, how much do you anticipate him being fully healthy and ready to go? I know he says he's not going to have to protect anything. He feels comfortable, but is he going to be in a decoy role? And could that open up some things for other guys? You know, uh, one thing about Twitter, you get to see some of these clips, right? Uh, And I saw the clip of him moving around. You, you could never, you know, obviously it's a shoulder, so his lower body doesn't have a problem. You know, obviously they're going to protect the injury. Uh, I think he's going to be full go. I think he's going to go until the pain tolerance, you know, becomes too problematic. And if he can't do any more damage to the shoulder, I'm sure they're going to give him some form of an injection to ease any pain that might come up on a hit. And they're going to pat it down to make sure that they can protect him as well as he can. But these are the kind of games where a competitor like the Debo Samuel is not going to back down. I mean, they're going to play him. He's going to be out there. And they've got enough weapons that they need him to really attack the middle of the field against the Lions defense that struggles. Their speed at linebacker, the Lions. One of the things the Lions have done is they've improved their team up front. They're really good. They're hard to run the ball on. We saw that all through the season. Now, last week, Tampa was able to, but their defensive front with Jones and McNeil and all the guy, and they signed Aliou, the kid from Jacksonville. They, they're they're physical, and then Hutchinson can get pressure off the edge. So this is going to be the challenge. Look, the 49ers guards last week did not play well. That was part of the problem too. Purdy didn't play well, but either did their offensive line. That's going to have to be much different today. They're going to have to take advantage of the inside of this. Detroit Lions defense. Yeah, Michael, and you talk about not only Debo, but all of the weapons that San Francisco has. You look at Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, um, George Kittle, then even on the defensive side of things, big names like Fred Warner. Well, 
Jared Goff was asked in his media availability earlier this week about the difference in star power between the two teams and all-time response. Take a listen. Jared, you guys got a lot of got a lot of really good players, obviously, but maybe that's... Oh, thank you. Okay. I said thank you. you are, maybe that viewed, though, as the superstars, like hey, the 49ers and yeah, All right, never mind. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, guys like St. Brown and Gabe, you... Yep, St. Brown was first team All-Pro, so... Right, right. Um, so was Panay. <laughs> sorry, continue. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But okay, I think that that was great of Jared Goff to have a little bit of, you know, fire in him in the response. But are these rosters maybe a little bit closer than people give the Lions credit for at this point? What do you think? Well, I think there's no question they're close offensively. I mean, this is as good as offensive line as there is in the league with Decker and when Jackson's healthy. I mean, their offensive line is better than San Francisco. Their receivers are really good. They've got two really good running backs, and their quarterback plays really well, and Laporta is an outstanding tight end. So offensively, you know, they they do things a little differently than the 49ers in terms of not, you know, they don't put their receiver in the backfield or do all that, but they are very good. They're complete. They're a complete offense. The difference is the defense, right? And it's not, it's in the front. They have more defensive linemen in San Francisco than in Detroit. But unless they play to a higher level, that's going to neutralize itself. The speed of the 49ers defense is different. And I think that's what what makes the little bit of the gives them an edge. But look, there's no joke that the Lions are here. I mean, you don't play as well as they do all year long, win some tough games, come out of the two playoff games, really where the other team outgains you, the other team has momentum, and yet you're able to take it away from without being a good team. So credit them. You know, and the line is indicative of some of the faults and the matchups of where the Lions are. That's strictly all it is, is the Lions defense hasn't proven to anybody statistically or visually that they can get control of the game. And that's what worries you. Yep. That's what worries you. That's why I said you could watch the game the last two weeks and say the Lions were, de- were in a dangerous spot of losing the game, and yet they found a way to win. Well, the reason they're always going to be there is because they can't get control with their defense. The way you win in football games is you have to get control of the game with your defense. Last week, Baltimore got control of the game because they were able to stop Houston offensively. That's the key. And if you can do that, then you've got as, as good a chance or else the game's going to go back and forth like a tennis match. And for all of their issues in that past defense being a liability, they have still been such a scratch and claw and do what it takes to win games or to cover games, especially as an underdog. You look at the Lions now, 36 and 17 ATS over their last three seasons. It's the best three-year stretch against the spread for any team since the Patriots, who went 40 and 17 ATS from 2016 to 18. But in an underdog role where they're getting four or more points, 16 and four against the number. They have excelled in this role. We've got so much more to cover with these games. When we come back, better's choice looking at either or props. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's an Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash vsin, you'll get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. We are back here on the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond, and Tony with you. we got Bucky Brooks on the line, former NFL player and scout. You can catch him on NFL Network.
Network and Fox Sports as an analyst, as well as the Move the Sticks podcast. Welcome in, Bucky. Appreciate you taking the time with us. And I'm just curious, with all of the different things you have on your calendar and, of course, the draft being so important, where's where's conference championship, championship Sunday? Where's this day rank for you? Uh, it ranks right near the top. I think if you are worth a salt as a scout, you want to know what's playing in the championship game. And you want to make sure you have a good idea of which players are playing in those games, how those teams are constructed, because ultimately those teams that are typically in the final four, they stay around. And so I love watching these games. I love watching how people perform under pressure. To me, this is what the league is about. It's about the playoffs. And if you are a player, if you're an executive, if you've ever worked in the league, the playoffs are different. And there's nothing like these win or, hope, win or go home games with all kinds of pressure on the line. You know, I, I love it, uh, Bucky. Yeah, that's to me, the studying the Final Four is really the most important thing anybody in team building can do because it gives you the understanding of what gets to this game. And we see a quarterback pick 32nd. We see one pick the last pick in the draft. We see one pick 10th overall, you know, and we see one picked in the first round. So what do you think is the key from studying these four teams? What do you think the key, the, co the common denominators are in these teams? Look, I think the common denominator is, one, there's a level of toughness and physicality that your teams have to have to play when you get to this point. Uh, in a perfect world, you want your team to be able to play with force and finesse. You want to be able to run the ball, stop the run, but you want to be able to throw it so you can score punts, points. And you have to be able to defend the passing game. And so when I look at all of these teams, and so, Michael, you talked about all those quarterbacks, right? Three first-rounders and then a guy taken in the seventh round. Well, when you have these guys taken at various points of the draft, your team has to be constructed to match those things. So let's talk about Brock Purdy. People have gone back and forth on Brock Purdy, whether the franchise guy or not. But when you have a seventh-round quarterback, what it does, it allows you to build up the other parts of the team. So it's not a coincidence that they have a bunch of first-round talents on the front line. They have skilled players that they can pay a premium for because they have a cheap young rookie contract with the quarterback. They have um, playmakers on the second level of the defense that some teams say, hey, you don't need to pay for linebackers. But then you look at the Niners and you see how Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner play. So that matters. And then with those other teams, the better the quarterback, and when you pay the quarterback, the more responsibility he has to shoulder to elevate the rest of the team. And so when I look at their offensive lines that the teams have, the pass rushes that they have, when you have an elite quarterback, you got to have protection and you got to have pass rushes. And then you hope that you can draft those other pieces around them to make it work. When you look at this 49ers team today, taking on the Detroit Lions, we, we know that secondary has certainly been a vulnerability for Detroit. Um, but, but Brock Purdy in that group didn't look the way that we're accustomed to seeing them last week. Do they bounce back today? How do you evaluate this matchup? Well, I think sometimes the best thing that happens for you is when you win a game that you're not supposed to win. Because, see, Kyle Shanahan could stand in front of the team and talk about, hey, we need to do this better, this better, this better, and that better. But we have an opportunity to do it. And if we do it, we go to the Super Bowl. So he, has it, he had their full attention this week. And they didn't play great. Green Bay dominated the game. And if anything, Green Bay should be kicking themselves for not winning. But now that the Niners are here, I think you'll see a better performance from the Niners. The big thing for the Lions, this game will be won in the middle of the field. The Niners want to throw the ball inside the numbers. They want to throw it between the hashes on crossing routes at various levels. The Lions have to take that away and force Purdy to throw the ball outside the numbers. Who ultimately wins that battle is going to win the game because the big plays for the Niners in the passing game tend to happen inside the numbers on deeper throws. 
No question. I couldn't agree more. So let's go to Baltimore. Let's go to Baltimore, Kansas City. Kansas City changed what they've done, their approach the last three weeks. Do you think that approach, more Pacheco, Mahomes really executing the old West Coast offense, is going to be able to prevail against the number one defense in the league? You know, I think it's tough. I think the only way the Kansas City Chiefs win is if Baltimore helps them. You know, I think Baltimore is a superior team on both sides of the ball. I think if not for Pat Mahomes and that Pat Mahomes know how to win factor, I think we would all feel comfortable saying, hey, Baltimore is going to win this maybe by double digits. The thing about it is Kansas City does have a recipe for success. They have played more small ball, more traditional West Coast offense, running, screens, dink and dunk, just moving the chains. And because the quarterback is so good, if this game is tight, man, you don't want to have him with the ball if you're Baltimore at the end of the game. I think Kansas City has to run the football, but they also have to play a little keep away. When you're playing on the road, the home team feels an immense amount of pressure. The longer this game stays tight, the more the Baltimore Ravens will feel it. If I'm Kansas City, I just want to get this game into the fourth quarter and then allow the magical playmaker Pat Mahomes to take it over. How important do you view Travis Kelsey? Because uh, this hasn't been his typical type of a season, but playoff Travis Kelsey seems to come to life like we saw last week. How important is he to Patrick Mahomes' success today? I mean, I think he's everything. When you look at their receiver core, it's Travis Kelsey and then Rasheed Rice has been the next guy. No one else in that core has been dependable. So in these moments where it's really tough, it comes down to trust. And we know that Pat Mahomes trusts Travis Kelsey more than any other player on the field. And so in those got to have it moments, the ball is going to 87. And so whether you're a Kansas city fan, you know, it's going there, but if you're Baltimore, you have to say 87 is not beating us in those moments. Somebody else is going to have to be a big factor. And I am surprised that teams continue to allow 87 to make those plays, but the number one priority is take him out the game, make somebody else be a hero. And we lose that way. We're fine, but we're not going to allow Kevin Travis Kelsey to beat us today. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing they got to do, uh, Bucky, is they got to keep Mahomes in the pocket. I mean, I think one of the things that he mm-hmm. doesn't get enough credit for is his ability to move and then create the big play that they really can't make with the design of the offense. I think if the design of the offense has to work, it favors Baltimore. If the loose plays become more effective, then Mahomes can make those. And I, and I think, to me, Baltimore can do that. Speak to where you think Tooney's injury really affects the game. Well, look, man, I think it affects them in a, in a major way because they're already vulnerable on the edges at tackle. So now you talk about Tooney, one of the best guards in the league, he not being available. When you think about what Baltimore does and what Baltimore does is, does is so clever and creative. Like Mike McDonald's done a great job of taking kind of a cast of misfits and kind of putting them in the puzzle and finding ways to enhance what they do. So Davey Clowney, Calvin Noy, uh, Manabuike inside, they're going to find the fish. They're going to find the vulnerable player on the inside or outside now, and they're going to attack them. And they're going to attack them with some five- and six-man person, but a lot of simulated things where they're making them think and react and figure out who's coming, who's the mic, all that stuff. So this is a major injury. And so this is why you always talk about playing ahead of the chains. Kansas City has to play ahead of the chains because they allow Mike McDonald to really get into his bag and get creative on third and long situations. That's when the turnovers can happen, and that's when the Baltimore Ravens can separate from the competition. Yeah, so, so you've made it clear that, you know, if Kansas City keeps this close, they're dangerous late, but you think it's Baltimore's game. It sounds like you also think San Francisco gets it done and bounces back today. So let's say the two top seeds do make it to the Super Bowl. 
Who do you view as the better team? Because odds makers in Vegas had it where San Francisco was a one and a half point favorite. We're seeing some pickums now. But in my brain, I thought that Baltimore was the most dangerous team remaining. How do you see it? Yeah, I think Baltimore is the most dangerous team. I think Baltimore is the best team that we've seen. And I think the Baltimore Ravens dominance were, what, nine double-digit wins against really good teams. Like, when they play good teams, they've absolutely dominated them. And so I would judge it on that. And barring a, a significant injury, if those two teams squared off, um, the Baltimore Ravens are the one team, when you watch the Niners, right, the Niners fancy themselves and being the bullies on the block, right? So they kind of hit you, hit you hard. They're urgent, they're physical, even the extra stuff. The only team that they didn't do that to, the Baltimore Ravens. At the end of the play, they're patting guys on the helmet and, hey, that's okay, I'll pick you up. The Baltimore Ravens don't, they're not afraid of the Niners. They go toe-to-toe. And so because of that, I just think that mental edge and the fact that I believe they're a better team, I think in the Super Bowl, the Baltimore Ravens would beat the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I agree. I think to me, that's the one thing you got to really understand is that this Raven team, you know, it's funny. Everybody talks about, well, you know, you got to go easy on the players. These four teams, Bucky, all work hard. They all practice hard and their coaches are all demanding of them. And, you know, everybody says, well, you know, you can't have the coach running the organization. I mean, Kansas City and San Francisco both have the coach running the organization. Yeah, it's funny, man. And that's why I like it's hard because all the outside noise thinks it should be a kinder, gentler NFL. But when you really look at it, the physical teams, the teams that kind of grind after the teams that have that presence where they know you have to be able to stand in front of the room and tell the team whether it's real or not. We work harder than anybody else in the league. We're the most physical team. We're dominated. We have work to give you that confidence. You have to be able to do that. And these teams do that. And so when it comes down to the physicality, toughness, all four teams in the tournament have that ability. Bucky, great insight today. Appreciate your time. Great job, Bucky. That's Bucky Brooks. Make sure you follow him on X at Bucky Brooks, doing a great job with NFL Network as well as Fox Sports. And make sure you check out the Move the Sticks podcast as well. We'll continue our conference championship weekend discussion and our star-studded guest list continues next with Rich Gannon. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VSEN daily newsletter. Today's newsletter opened with comments from legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger giving his thoughts on conference championship weekend and reminding betters that home teams have been lethal this round, winning eight of the last ten straight up. He'll have a great cast of characters on Brent Musburger's countdown to kickoff right here on VSEN and DraftKings Network today, beginning at 11 a.m. Pacific to Eastern, including sports betting Hall of Famer Johnny Avello and owner and CEO of Circa Resort and Casino where I am broadcasting from Derek Stevens, vcin.com slash newsletter to subscribe, get all that key insight picks and analysis right in your inbox every morning. And while I pumped up Brent's guests guests for this afternoon, let it be known. We've got a stacked guest list here on the Lombardi line too, alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you and former NFL MVP, Rich Gannon joins the show. Now you can catch him on CBS sports network, Sirius XM, NFL radio, and the witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 33rd team, a guy who goes way back with Michael Lombardi. So, so Rich, if you have any dirt that you can give me in the commercial break, that would be awesome. Yeah. Welcome in. Hey, good morning, everybody, and, and uh, happy championship Sunday. I'm so excited for these two great games. I, tell you, I think both of them are going to be close games. I don't know about you, Michael. I think it's going to be a close one in San Francisco as well as in Baltimore. You know, let's start with Kansas City and Baltimore. I mean, you're, you've, were, you were born into the West Coast offense, with, whether it started with Denny Green and then you morphed into over and, and with John Gruden and, and Bill Callahan, Mark Trespin. When you watch Kansas City now, do you see them kind of going back to their old school ways with more of a run game, even though they're in shotgun quite a bit, to allow Mahomes to kind of get the ball out of his hand quicker? I think I think there's some truth to that, Michael. I, yeah, I think Andy, you know, you look at his background, I think push comes to shove. I, I think when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you don't want to take the ball out of his hands. But I think they, they've got some issues on the edges with the tackle play. Donovan Smith had some injuries. He's been inconsistent. We know about the struggles that they've had on the right side with Jawan Taylor. And I think, you know, you look at the, the issues with – the, the receivers, right? The inconsistency, the drops, uh, you know, not having that go-to number one receiver. They've been so dependent on Travis Kelsey that I think Andy's realized that we've got to help the quarterback. We've got to be able to run the ball a little bit. And they've got a, they've got a back in Isaiah Pacheco. I'm a huge fan of guys. I just love the way this kid works. He's tough. He's physical. He's not the biggest guy, but man, he runs with some energy and, and some, uh, some attitude. I think that's really helped them with some of the, you know, RPOs, play action, quick throws, and, and spreading the ball around a little bit. But uh, I would never bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I, I think, you know, you, you look at the, the challenges that they face today against the number one defense in football. Defense had 60 sacks, the most in the NFL this season. It doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes still has had some big days against that Ravens defense. I think that's the big challenge, right? Is that you you look at everything on paper and you see how good Baltimore has been and it makes all the sense in the world for them to win this game. And it seems like every time you count out Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they just go and show you why you can never do that. That's that's the big concern for me today. I agree. I think this is going to be a close game. Yet people continue to bet Baltimore in this spot. Are you surprised to hear that? Not really. I think when you look at, when you have the number one rushing offense, you have the number one, 
scoring defense. You've got a defense that led the league in sacks. Uh, you've got a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, most likely going to win the MVP, where I can see why people really like the Ravens. But I would just simply throw out, you know, one name, Steve Spagnola, and his, his defense and their ability, I think, to be disruptive on third down. To me, that could be the deciding factor in this one. If, if the Chiefs can get a lead, and they can get they can get the Lamar Jackson in situations where they have to throw the ball third and seven plus type situations. I think that benefits that Chiefs defense. I really do. I that's what they, that's what they have to strive for. If it's if it's a close game, if the game where you know the, the Ravens are having success running the ball, they're in normal down and distance situations. Then I think the, the Ravens will win this game. But if the, the Chiefs can get a bit of a lead. And I'm not talking about a bit of a lead. I'm talking about a, you know even a, a, a seven point lead or even you know a, a two score lead, ten point lead, and really put the pressure back on the Ravens and the passing game. That to me is going to be the key for the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, they got to play from in front because th- this is kind of a team that they they create turnovers, and Mahomes hasn't had one in three weeks as they are able to use their pressure packages to get there. Let's go to Detroit at San Francisco. Detroit secondary obviously has given up a lot of yards passing. Do you think that, you know, I know you're a Brock Purdy fan. I know you respect this game. I mean, what do you see out of the 49er offense against this pass, the pass defense of the Lions? Well, Michael, there's a weakness of the four units, the 49ers offense and defense, the Lions offense and defense, without question, it's the Lions defense. You know, you've got one really good pass rusher, and that's that's a problem going up against that San Francisco offense. I, I just think that, you know, having Debo Samuel back and playing is going to be a, a big story in this one. You look at Ayuk, you look at Kittle, you look at Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the quarterback did not play particularly well against the, the Packers in the first half of that game. Uh, but I, I really like this young quarterback, and I just think he's got poise beyond his years. He's got a great play caller in Kyle Shanahan. I think I think Detroit will will play hard, will be physical, but man, I just uh, I worry about their back end and and their ability to tackle. And you look at you know yards after catch, uh, yards after contact could be a big story in this one. But they're also going up against the best perimeter blocking team in football, and I'll go on record as saying that you watch Brandon Ayuk block down the field, Samuel Kittle, all of them. They're all unselfish players, and so I think the Lions are going to have to get a lot of hats to the ball, get these guys on the ground, and create some negative plays, and that'll be hard to do against a 49ers offense that's been pretty good at taking care of the football. For the Lions side of things, how impressed, generally speaking, have you been big picture with Dan Campbell and what he's been able to do to turn around this franchise to get them in this position today? So, I, mean, I think they're one of the toughest teams in football, mentally and physically. I, I think this is a team that's taken on the personality and really the demeanor of their head coach. And I think that Dan's done an amazing job. And it's been a process. This has been happening overnight. You look at you know, week 17 last year, going to, to Lambeau and beating the Packers in the snow, and, and then you know, how they started the season. They had a goal on a Thursday night to begin the season to uh, Arrowhead, and they really got after the Chiefs in that game. I think this, this team has built confidence and momentum throughout the season. The first divisional title in 30 years, first playoff win in 32 years. This is a team that believes in themselves, that they believe they can go on the road and win, and that's why I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, Jared Goff doesn't get the respect that he deserves for being a tough guy. He's a tough quarterback. For whatever reason, people don't don't see that in him. But if you give the guy some time, he can go to work. you got a great offensive line. You look at Ragnow, Sewell, and, and Decker. I love the backs. To me, if the Lions are going to win, it's got to be a big day from David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. And I think that could be a story in this one. 
Yeah, and I, don't you feel like the Lions have to slow the game down a little bit because they've got to complement their defense with their offense? Michael, it makes total sense. I think every possession is going to be important. Jared Goff has to take care of the football. But as we talked about, you know, the 49ers, they've got a lot of money tied up in that defensive line, but they didn't play particularly well uh, for three quarters of that game against the Packers. And Jordan Love had plenty of time back there. Aaron Jones rushed for over 100 yards. To me, if the Lions and that offensive line can go to work and you can get those two backs heated up and rolling and David Montgomery and Demir Gibbs, the Lions may be able to pull one off in San Francisco. Okay, Rich. So interesting point there. And you mentioned you think both of these games are going to be close. When push comes to shove, who's playing in the Super Bowl in two weeks? I like the 49ers and the Chiefs. How about that? Yeah. I kind of agree with you, Rich. It's, it's hard, hard to go me. against it's them. It's hard for me. It's hard for me. Look, I think Lamar Jackson's had a magical season. I think John Harbaugh's done a terrific job. But if I had my last $5, it would be hard for me to put it on the table and bet against Patrick Mahomes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but look, the, the road, as you know, the road in these games, I know we've lost home playoff games before in Oakland, yep. but it is hard. The, the crowd noise will be a factor for the Kansas City offense and communication. And more importantly, to get the checks of their defense of Spagnola's ability to want to attack the, attack the protections. You know, it's crazy. You don't think of it, Michael, as Baltimore being that bad of a place. You know, you certainly wouldn't compare it to places like Arrowhead or even Seattle, but the crowd noise was a factor it, it, several times this season, including their last home game. So, uh, you know, but look, if anyone can handle the crowd noise, it's Patrick Mahomes. I think Steve Spagnola does a good job with that unit. I think it's going to be a great matchup. People aren't talking enough about the Chiefs defense. Look where they stacked up. They were in the top five in just about every major statistical category as well. This is a good, this is a good Chiefs defense that can be disruptive. And I think can really get after uh, Lamar Jackson. I, I, I kind of like the Chiefs in this one. I think it's going to be a close game. I do like the Chiefs. Rich, really appreciate your time today. Thanks for doing this. Thanks so much, Rich. Look forward to see you guys down the road. Yes, right, sir. Uh, Chiefs versus 49ers in the Super Bowl, by the way. You can bet on DraftKings Super Bowl 2024 finalists, plus 240 for that to be the matchup. Of course, Ravens, Niners, with them being the two top seeds, the two favorites today, minus 110 the price there. But again, I go back to what we said there with Rich and what I've said a couple times throughout the day. Everything is telling me Ravens, yet I cannot count out Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. It makes yeah. me sick. It does, but you have to kind of know that this team has beaten. Baltimore has beaten yeah. good quarterbacks. I mean, they have. No question. Uh, and they are an excellent team. They've got an MVP quarterback and one of the best defenses, if not the best, in the league this season. We are going to give our final thoughts on each of these games, the way that I am betting it, the way Michael sees things going. When we return, closing up the Lombardi line on Championship Sunday next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. 